Hello and welcome to another Roxborough Roundtable. My name is Dylan Gormley and I will be filling in for Brianna Reese as the Interim Student Director for the Arlen Specter Center. Today's topic will be navigating your career in professional development as a transgender employee or prospective candidate. I will now hand it over to our hosts, Laura Cucicerello and Dylan Eppenstein. All right, thank you, Dylan. Uh, my name is Dylan Eppenstein. I'm the Director of Residence Education for the Office of Residence Life here at Philadelphia University. Um, the pronouns I refer to are as he, him, and his. Um, part of the reason that we've decided to uh, venture into this discussion and topic is that over the last two years, we've uh, done a campus climate survey here at Philadelphia University, and we found that uh, a larger portion of students than we anticipated were identifying as non-gender binary, identify as transgender, um, and we found that this would be an excellent topic to embark upon so that our students were better prepared for entering into the workforce. So myself and colleagues from Career Services started mapping this out and putting something together. And I'm Laura Bucatzarello, I'm the Associate Director for Internships in the Career Services Center. Um, my pronouns are she and her. Um, and I've worked with several students over the years, in the past several years in the LGBTQ community, and most recently with one of our, our panelists um, while she was transitioning and job searching um, as a former student. Um, so in career services, we certainly wanna make sure that we're advocating for all of our student needs and, and also sharing best practices with our employer partners so they can make good policy. Um, so that was our other part of the, this, wanting to put this together so we were able to be reaching out to all our different constituents. Um, so we are gonna go around the table and have everyone introduce themselves, um, and share their purpose for, for participating today, and then we will have a brief overview of gender identity and expression definitions and vocabulary, so that we're all at a common place before we kind of jump into questions and discussion. Do you wanna start with Cameron? Yeah, so Cameron, do you wanna start? Yeah, um, hi everyone, my name is Cameron Winters. I use he, him, his pronouns. Um, I'm currently working at American University in higher education in our Center for Diversity Inclusion. And I'm speaking today sort of on behalf of sort of my transition. Um, I transitioned, started my transition last year and was currently in a job. And so um, navigating sort of like the, the policies and things that I had to do in order to successfully come out. And I'm Patrick Ryan, I'm the Associate Director for Career Education here at Philadelphia University. And myself and Tracy, who you'll meet in a little bit, will be speaking to HR and company policy. Uh, Evan Lane, I'm the Director of the All Inspector Center, and I'll be listening and being educated today. <laughs> and I'm Christina Lohr, I'm a therapist at Counseling Services here at Philly U. My pronouns are she and her. I'm Tracy DePedro, I'm the Director of Career Services. My pronouns are she and her, and I also have background in HR and recruiting as well. I'm Alex Stefanik, I'm the Assistant Director of Student Engagement for Diversity and Social Justice. I'm here at Philly U, and the pronouns I respond to are she, her, and hers. Hi, I'm Joanna Kent, electrical engineer with General Dynamics, Navy veteran. I transitioned on my first job, and I have experience in actually seeking jobs as a, as a transgender woman, so obviously you share her hers. Um, so we're going to start, our first question will, will be um, to, to Cameron and Joanna, um, to talk a little bit about what you, what did you, oh, I'm sorry. 
So actually, before oh. we jump into questions, we want um, to give Allie a chance to, to talk a little bit about um, terms, definitions, so that everybody's on the same page, knowing that many of those in attendance, as well as those listening, may not be fully familiar um, with all the terms we might be using throughout this podcast. Awesome. Yeah, so this is going to be like a real quick and dirty guide to gender <laughs> identity um, and expression. So I'm going to take maybe a minute to go over this. And if this is something you have more questions about, I'm happy to answer more of your questions later on. But since that's not specifically what we're talking about today, um, I can refer you additional resources. But essentially, just so that everyone is on the same page when we're talking about um, gender, uh, we can really break down gender in a lot of different ways. So we have our gender identity. That's how we identify our own genders. We have um, our sex assigned at birth. That's like when we came out. However we came out, the doctor said, or the midwife said, or whoever said, this is what you are. Um, you know, whether that is, you know, what you still feel is true to your identity or not um, is sort of, you know, what we're talking about now. So if your sex assigned at birth matches your gender identity, then you're considered uh, what we call cisgender. If your sex assigned at birth does not match your gender identity, you're typically what we're going to refer to today as transgendered. Within um, the realm of, of transgender identity, there's, it, it can be used as an umbrella term, which is sort of how we're gonna use it today, but there's lots of different sub-identities as part of that group. So when we use words like transgender or trans, um, know that we're referring to really anyone who falls under this umbrella group, but we can get into more of that sort of at a later date because we're really gonna focus on the career search today. Within the trans umbrella, though, there are folks who um, are considered gender non-conforming. Um, and so this can be either a political identity, it can be a label that um, folks apply um, in certain circumstances, but not in all circumstances, to talk about their gender, their gender identity. Um, but it may not, um, it may not necessarily qualify them as transgender, depending on how you're having that conversation. So someone who's gender non-conforming may reject the idea that there's a gender binary, um, and they may say politically, you know, I'm gender non-conforming or I'm gender queer, which is a term that someone may use to identify themselves. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're transgender, um, or it could mean that they are transgender. So that's you know another way that folks might talk about themselves. If anyone wants to add anything, please feel free. Okay. All right. So now I think we should jump into questions. So we will jump into some of our questions now. Um, and, and I think Cameron, you'll, you'll kind of address this first one as well as Joanna, if anyone else has, has questions. Um, but what did you need to think about prior to searching and applying for jobs? So for example, you know, the name that you used on your resume, how you were dressing for interviews, how much or if to disclose during the interview process, those sort of things. Definitely. Um, so, um, and also for all of those who are, are listening right now, I'm in DC, so I'm by, by conference call. So just speaking a little bit about my experience last year when I was, so I'm still currently at American University, but in a different role than I was last year. Um, and so I first came out when I was an academic advisor um, for our School of Public Affairs. And so for me, when I came out, um, you know, a couple things, like I was already in this job, I had to think of the policies that we currently hold in our workplace. What was our anti-discrimination policy? Did that include gender identity and expression? Um, sort of also worked with my supervisor, um, who was very, which, 
even disclosing to her was sort of a big leap, but she was extremely supportive. But before I came out to other coworkers and my students, we worked with HR around sort of things like, all right, like, is there anything in this email to students that I have to include? So we did speak to our um, anti-discrimination policy. Also, I, I thought about um, the insurance that I currently have as a staff member. Um, does my insurance cover um, hormone replacement therapy and p potentially other transgender-related um, surgeries? And so for me, obviously not all trans people may go through hormones or take hormones, um, but for me that's something that I knew I wanted to do. Um, so that's something I had to think about. Um, so overall, like, you know, thinking, uh, and also with applying for a job, a new job while I was in the process of sort of transitioning, I thought about, all right, so currently I have not legally changed my name. Um, so when I applied for a job, I did, um, obviously I have to put my name on the application as what my legal name still was, but on my resume, my cover letter, I did put my preferred name. Um, and so I think, um, and also the, the job I was applying for, I did know people in that office and the people in that office knew I was transitioning. So I think that did help uh, to some respects, but um, whenever on any application, like in the actual form that says, put your name here. Um, I, I stuck with my legal name just because I did not want them to do, go for a background check and they couldn't find this person's name anywhere. Um, and so I think you do have to sort of step by step think about, all right, at what point does my name and gender pop up, right? Um, and so thinking about that takes a while, um, but you know, I was able to successfully apply for this job. Um, and so um, whenever anybody transitions, I think there's just several things that, that folks have to think about. And, and like, that's, that's a pretty good point, Cameron, and, and like yourself, um, for me, I was an employee of a defense contractor at the Navy Yard in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. and for me, the big thing was security clearance. Is this going to affect my security clearance, which is basically mm -hmm. the lifeblood of my, my industry uh, as an engineer working for Navy. And you know, just like you said, uh, I work very closely with Pat Klein, who is our, my HR person at McKean. And basically, you know, what do we need to do to go through this um, successfully? Uh, how do I, when do, you know, how do I run to my coworkers? You know, and, and what it came down to for me was, my name is actually still kind of technically, legally, my, my male name. It's changed, but I'm still waiting for a decree. But, um, but I was lucky enough that my ID badge at work said Joanna, which was, which was really nice. Um, I informed my coworkers on a Tuesday before Veterans Day two years ago. And I came back to work the following Monday as the, the, the present form that, that I am now. Um, also touching on for job seeking, you know, exactly for me, I apply for jobs, uh, mostly online or people would call me up. My resume has said Joanna for like two years now. And when it comes to applications, if, if I would only would have to fill the application on the engineering side once I kind of had a job offer or I was very close to it. So I always would let the HR person, I was like, hey, look, you know, I'm legally his job, so just to give you the heads up, you know, because it's, it's legalities. And again, when you work for the Navy, you know, there are cer certain background checks that you go through. 
and the security clearance. So I was like, hey, look, you know, this is this is what the legalities are, but you know, this is where I am right now, and you know, luckily. I haven't had any uh, negative aspects. I've done the job search twice now successfully as a woman, and I've never had any, you know, any issues whatsoever, which I'm very thankful for. And I, and I will say, Pat is not with us today, but both of you hit on some of the things that Pat had mentioned as far as Cameron, you had said, kind of developing a stakeholders list, right? Who's going to need <laughs> to know about this transition and when would they know? You know, so maybe you let your coworkers go first and then you start to, to go down the list. Um, the other thing that she mentioned, creating a timeline, both of you had mentioned that. Um, and then things to consider. So I think of a university website. Think about all the places potentially your name could be on a university website and how deep down the hole you have to go to potentially replace those things. Um, so those are some other things that, that Pat had mentioned um, through different transitions there. Yeah, definitely. Can I, can I just ask um, the two people who are transgender or transition, um, you've been lucky enough in the Navy not to have any discrimination. Uh, Cameron, you work in a university, so it's kind of a protected area, I would hope, in a <coughs> university. But have you yeah. found some people who have been discriminated against, and what yeah. what what, what um, safety do they have, if any? Uh, yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah. So I will, I will I will speak to a little bit of that. Um, I actually a friend of mine um, who I actually just recently met um, a trans woman of color went through a just just uh, like a non discrimination suit uh, because of her gender identity. Um, people were continuously misgendering her. Um, and, you know, she ended up taking them to court and won. Um, and so a little bit, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of conversations around Title IX right now and what that covers and what that, um, and what that protects. And so that is something that, um, especially here in D.C., so obviously here in D.C. it's a little bit of difference um, than in, in probably Philadelphia or maybe Pennsylvania as a whole state. But um, gender identity um, is covered here in D.C. And so in that, you're looking at, you know, Title Seven and Title Nine, and so under those two, you know, she was discriminated against, and therefore won. Um, so, but you know, you, most states don't cover gender identity in their state laws. Um, so there's a lot of states where people can risk, you know, if they have not changed over their legal paperwork, and there's something that is not matching up correctly, can be easily fired for that. Um, and so I think. Um, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to go and, and be at a university, but also be in D.C. where there are trans protections. Um, but, you know, coming from the state of Florida and the South, um, there's a lot of states that don't have those protections. And so I think, um, obviously, as a trans person, I'm very thoughtful about, like, you know, down the line, if I want to move or change jobs, where am I going, right? And I've, I've gone through the process of changing my legal paperwork, but it's still one of those things like, you know, when they do a background check, they will see like, oh, like my name was previously changed. Um, so I think there's a lot of, um, people have to be thoughtful when coming out. Um, you know, and I, as somebody who works with LGBTQ students, um, I tell them sort of like, you know, if they decide to come out to their parents, if they, you know, if their parents are a part of their life, 
Um, are you all financially dependent on your parents? You know, are there's there's things that you have to think about when you do come out, and um, I think sometimes that's not really talked about. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, everybody's in a different scenario. Um, you know, there are some for me being an engineer and and having the the luxuries that go with that. You know, I lived on my own. And, and I also transitioned, I mean, I'm also 40 years old, so I transitioned when I was 38, so well-established as, you know, a working adult and all that kind of good stuff. But, you know, one thing that I, I did want to bring up is, you know, we're talking about discrimination is a lot of states are right to work, and Pennsylvania is one of them. You know, an employer actually really doesn't need a reason to fire you. I mean, it's, it's right to work, because they can just let you go for, you know, no, no apparent reason. Um, However, that being said, Pennsylvania is very pro-LGBT. Um, throughout the whole state, now that's, that's kind of, I can't speak for the Pittsburgh area because that's a completely different, different environment than, say, Philadelphia. And I have never been to Pittsburgh, so I can't speak on that. But I have been to the South, so I can definitely, <laughs> yes. I, I will, I have, I have received phone calls when I, I've been in my job search and somebody called me up for a job that say, I don't know, let's say Greensboro, North Carolina? No. And I, and I tell them why. I was like, I can't go to a state where, you know, written in law there is definitive discrimination against just something simple like yelling to the bathroom. Which, I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's a ludicrous debate that I'm not going to get into, because um, that would be off topic for here. But, but yes, I mean, there are places, even, even when I was in my initial job search, um, as a senior widener and, and working with Laura here, there was one uh, interview I shot down uh, that was for upstate New York. I love upstate New York, but it was kind of in a remote area. And as well as I did do an interview for, uh, it was in Dayton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I can't go here because it's totally not a quote unquote sophisticated area. So my job search was basically limited to Philadelphia, DC, New York, New England, places that I know are not overly discriminatory against those who are not, you know, standard run-of-the-mill, you know, cisgender people that are, you know, this, that, or the other. So that that was the big thing for me. Mm -hmm. So let me have let me have this is Patrick. Let me ask a follow-up question there. So for the both of you, you do have a sense that even in your employment life that there are places you can go and there are places you cannot go. Sad. Is that correct? That's that's the sad truth. And, mm -hmm. and and you know, and as much as I love being in Philadelphia and I yet to have a negative experience in Philadelphia, um, I know that if I went to other places they could happen. And I'd like to think that, you know, for me, I'm very I tend to blend in quite well with society, and I'm, and I'm a very personable person, and I'm very also very open about it. So, um, so obviously, if I use my credit card and it has my legal name on there, sometimes I get carded, and I, I will show people my ID. I'm like, hey, here it is. Um, you know, I'm comfortable with that, and I want other people to be comfortable with that, and I find that that is much easier to be accomplished in a city like Philadelphia, where we kind of celebrate diversity. That's what made our, our, our city was made by various neighborhoods, various immigrants, and all kinds of people. That's who we are as Philadelphians. 
And further, I mean, I identify as a Philadelphian first and foremost, and as an engineer, more than I identify as anything else. Um, but that's basically, that, that's my take on, you know, on that. Yeah, I agree with Joanna. Um, as someone who works in higher ed, I have to be really thoughtful more, more about, like, also the school policies, um, you know, that they have. A lot of, you know, there are quite a few schools that do cover gender identity and expression, which is fantastic. But, you know, depending on the state, you know, if I'm out just, like, walking around, um, are there protections for me? So, yeah, I have to be thoughtful about where I move, um, move to in the future. All right, so... I think we, we covered a couple things about things you need to prepare for when applying or, or looking for new jobs. Let's talk about the workplace. So once you're in the workplace, um, you both have mentioned transitioning while also at work. What were things you need to think about once you were on the job at your workplace? I think the biggest thing for, for me, the biggest thing was I, I have always used the women's lead, the women's restroom when I transitioned, even when I was still part-time. And I had no reps doing that. First time I actually had my friend Melissa was like, hey, come with me. It was the first time I've ever, I've ever used a lady's term. After that, I was good. Now, I'm in work. They all knew me. They knew me as a man. So, my whole thing is I even said to Pat, I was like, hey, I have no gripes for the first couple weeks using the ladies room like on the third floor or the first floor or whatever. I made no cracks doing that. And Pat insisted, no, use them up here. It's like, you know, and she explained again what the policy was at, at Bikino. There was just no room for discrimination. It was a zero, you know, zero tolerance um, workplace. And I, I did, I used the, 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 the restroom, uh, the ladies restroom, and the, the girls were just quite, inviting, quite comfortable, and one of them pulled me, listen, she's like, look, you're one of us now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, you know, they, and, and you know, I can, I can tell you and, and Cameron, I, you probably had the same experience as me, the women's room is completely not like the men's room. It's completely <laughs> different. And for me, coming from the men's room to the women's room, I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh my God. So it was like, it was a strange yeah. and foreign place. I mean, for me, I think that was the biggest Really, the biggest thing. Other than that, I, I, I mean, that was anything concern I had. I was like, you know, are people going to accept it? That you know, that knew me for um, five months on the job as a guy. Like, you know, they how's it going to be? But I wasn't worried about it because, you know, I I, I did it. I'm a, I, I mean, I guess I'm kind of likable. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I like to think I'm likable. <laughs> But I was, I was the same person. I got into work at the same time, you know, 6.30 in the morning, uh, said hi to the CAD guys. Uh, and then, you know, my buddy Steve comes in. His cube is right next to mine. He's, and, you know, said, hey, good morning, Joe. How you doing? I'm like, hey, Steve, what's up, man? And it was, to me, it was business as usual. My job was still the same, so I had to do everything. And I was just a little happier. I had a lot of people, you know, basically tell me, they were like, you don't look so freaking miserable now. I'm like, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Cool. Very good. <laughs> so, Cameron, have you yeah. had have you had a similar experience? Yeah. So, my experience it was one of those things. Um, you know, bathrooms was definitely. I mean, when when is bathrooms not a thing? Um, 
So, like, for me, I was in my current job um, at the time for a year and a half. So people knew me before Cameron, um, before I started, like, before I started transitioning. Um, and so the big thing for me was name and pronouns, right? Like, I think for me, just thinking about, like, how are people, like, and I, I mean, at the time, I was an academic advisor. I had, like, 400 plus students in my caseload. So it was one of those things that's like, well, they all, like, be receptive to my my new pronouns, um, my my new name, and so I think for me, like when I first, I will say the most nerve wracking thing I've ever done in my life was send the send button on that email to all my students. Um, but I, I think once it was out there, they were definitely like, yeah, there was times I got misgendered, and I think that was. I mean, as a trans person, I think sometimes that's difficult. You know, you, you that's it's going to happen. But I think overall, the the response was fantastic. Um, I currently try to use just like a, a gender inclusive restroom. Um, we're lucky at AU to have quite a few on our campus, um, just because I, I think for me, when I first started transitioning to use, like I had just like male coworkers. And I just wasn't that comfortable yet with using the men's restroom. I am now, like, I'm getting in a place where, like, yeah, I could use, like, a gender-inclusive, gender-neutral bathroom or the men's restroom. Either one would be fine. Um, so I think for, for me, it was definitely more, like, the name and pronouns. Because there was people who knew me for a year and a half before this, you know, I started transitioning. So I think for me, just making sure that they... Uh, know what to call me and it's like so I think there was sometimes when I first announced that I was transitioning that I had to make sure all right who are the people we work with closely who know who I am um and who I want them to like know my new pronouns and names so I think that was something that I had to to think about um but overall like it's been a really like easy transition at work just because um, the folks around me are extremely supportive, and like Joanna said, the work doesn't like the work didn't stop. It didn't change. It's still the same same thing, um, same environment, same people. So I think overall, um, you know, I just by being visible and existing, I'm educating people. Um, so I think for that component, that um, also makes me feel good. And the one thing I actually want to add to that, just thinking about it, in my experience is. As an electrician for the Navy uh, when I served and then being an engineer uh, in my last job, you know, supporting the fleet directly, I was shipboard you know, once a month for maybe like a week, two weeks at a time. And I would interface with all the military types. And I'll tell you, every time I had my military ID, uh, government-issued ID, I should say. It looks just like military ID. It has my legal name on it, but it has what I look like. Every time the the guys that were at the pier that were guarding, you know, you had to show me your ID and everything. Every time they they give me a salute, said have a, have a good day, Miss Kent. Like thank you. And everybody that I served with in the military um, that I interfaced with this last year was completely welcoming and supportive. So to me, it's like you know the United States military does not care. And I got to thinking about that when I served, you know, roughly 12 years ago. We didn't care either. I mean, we, we had plenty of people that I served with that were gay or lesbian. We just didn't care. Can you do the job? Yeah, all right, cool. You know, if yeah. can you not do the job, then okay, well, you're not cool because now you're not helping out the team. But I just want to throw that in there. I just want to interrupt because from what you both just said, 
for people who are going to transition, who are in employment situations, how do you set the groundwork with your co-employees or your bosses uh, to say what's going to happen and, and sort of educate them in some way? Um, well, I mean, for me, I actually, people that I worked with in my first job, actually, I went to school with at Widener. So actually, a whole bunch of people were calling me Joe before I even, even came out of work. And when somebody even asked me one day, it's like, you know, so why are they calling me Joe? I'm like, oh, you had a joke because I'm older. I'm half the man I used to be, so half my name, so there you go. <laughs> I'm like, you know. Of course, when I came out full time at work, I was like, oh, yeah, but that's the right I told you. That uh, was BS. Like, yeah, I figured. I was like, yeah. Um, basically, what I, what I tell people is, you know, I'm very thick skinned. Uh, as I said before, I'm a military veteran, so I'm very open and blunt about it. I tell people, you know, if, if you want to ask me anything, I'll give you, I will give you an answer. You know, you may not like the answer, but I will give you an, an honest answer about it. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, the only change I told them was like, you can no longer call me by my birth name. However, if you're talking about being a third person from a story when we were still in the service, yes, I expect you to kind of use my male name. Because, hey, that's what Johnny did. So, well, I wouldn't have done that because I'm a little more uh, refined now as a woman. So, I'm doing things I used to do when I was a guy. But, but at any rate, um, basically my role is do not call me him, he, his. I was like, you know, you can still call me bro. I, I People still call me dude. People say, man, hey, man, what's up? I'm fine with everything. Just you know, use the the right pronouns, and you know, if you can call me Joe or Joanna, it doesn't really matter, or whatever like million nicknames I have from with people. So, um, but I, I said it's like, look, you know, we're all going through this. I expect people to, you know, like you said, Cameron, people <coughs> are going to accidentally misgender me on occasion. They're transitioning with us. I mean, this is really for a lot of people. This is something new. And, you know, my mom actually didn't, uh, she eventually told her closest friends in her where she lives, in 55 plus community in Dalcal, she told her, uh, her friends, like, hey, my, my kid is about to do something. And she was kind of afraid, uh, she delayed it for a while, she was kind of afraid of the reaction that she would get. And she literally told me the other day, she's like, even still to this day, I have yet to hear anything negative. So she was kind of afraid, oh, the older generation, you know, the, the people who are 60s, 70s, 80s, they're actually pretty receptive too. And it's a really beautiful mm -hmm. thing, which I love it. I, it's just, I feel completely the same, but, you know, hey, uh, I'm just glad that, you know, we being, you know, some of the pioneers as such, you know, of the absolute pioneers, but, you know, we're really a lot more people coming out. We're starting to see a lot more changes. Uh, Policies in workplaces, policies at universities, and I think it's a beautiful thing. Definitely. Um, a little bit about my experience, like going off of Joanna's point about the, the older generation, um, I, as somebody who works with faculty, alongside faculty who were older than I am, and may, maybe they haven't met a trans person before in their life, but when I started transitioning, it's like I also work in a very educationally privileged place, so people were exposed to what trans meant, what, you know, like things like that. So I will say when it came to my sort of coming out experience in the workplace, in the email that I sent, that was sent from, I was actually sent by our director of our office to our sort of campus partners and the folks in our, who works alongside me. Um, we put a couple links in there as well to other resources online, you know, because 
um, a lot, a lot of, it depends on the person. It really depends on the person. I'm very open about, like, if you have a question about my identity or anything like that, I'm more than happy to answer. But sometimes for trans people, it depends on where they're at. Sometimes if you ask them, be like, oh, can you, like, I don't know, if you talk about pronouns or, or you know, your previous you know, name or things like that, they will not be accepting to that. They want you to, like, how about you Google instead, you know? Um, it really depends on the person. Um, but, you know, it was nice because they never had any, like, people came by and was just like, they were very happy for me. They were like, that's awesome. I support you 100%. Um, and, you know, sort of some of, especially, like, I remember when I first came out, our associate dean of our school, literally he did not skip a beat when it came to my pronouns like my new pronouns he did not skip a beat and it was it felt good you're like okay like my identity is being supported in this um and so i think for me it's i overall had a very positive experience i think now um you know now that i've been you know it's been about six months since i started hormones i mean every once in a while i hear somebody mistakenly um, misgender me, but they correct themselves because they know, like, they're like, oh, that's not right. But, you know, they, they just continue on with the conversation. Um, and so overall, like, there's a lot of layers. Um, but, you know, I've been really thankful to be in a place where um, folks are open to receiving that type of information. And also, um, as an educator, it's what I do. Like, I work with folks around how to support LGBTQ students, faculty, staff. So, I think whenever I get to share my experience, they're like, oh, this is like, oh, this is a, a real trans person and this is a real experience that they're having. And so being able to share that, um, I think just, you know, is able to help educate people just by, like I mentioned earlier, by existing, being here and talking about pronouns, right? Um, there's some schools that have, like, people don't know about pronouns. And um, so I think when we talk about trans identities, um, it's finally being talked about, I think, more on a national level because before, um, you know, I think if I wasn't working at, you know, a university, it might be a little bit different because we, like I mentioned, it's an educationally privileged. There's access to, um, like, there's access to the internet, right? There's access to um, programs around LGBTQ identities. And so having a place, a workplace like that, and where people can go and educate themselves around these, I think is, a lot of the work has already been done. Um, and so just being, um, to share my experiences, has been awesome. So now, this is Patrick. What would you all say then are the don'ts in the workplace? Only because I would also like to get your perspective on maybe some microaggressions that you're seeing in in your workspace or not seeing. So what are the do's and the don'ts that are happening from your perspective? Yeah, um, in my experience, um, obviously misgendering, um, you know, like misgendering and like doing it purposely, or like if it's a mistake, mistakes happen. Um, also, I think any questions um, that obviously, whether it's by anybody, questions about your body and surgeries or like, you know, anything like that. I think when you have questions asked about, like, and, and it really depends on the person, but when, in my respect, in my, in, my, in my mind, when it comes down to any questions about your body, it's sort of like consent, right? Like, am I allowing this person to ask me this question? Have I allowed them to do that? 
Um, and so talking, you know, I haven't had anybody ask me that question, but, um, you know, I tell my friends that. I'm like, all right, if you're one of my close friends, I'll probably share with you where I'm at, um, you know, with like my hormone treatment and things like that. But overall, I'm just another person. Um, I want you to respect me as, you know, another person in this workplace. Um, I think when it comes down to what, like the biggest, um, I would say sort of reverse than like, not a don't, but like to do, like respect that person's identity, right? When, you know, we talked about some of the language that we use and those are very much just de book definitions, like textbook definitions. So the language that is used with within, within the LGBTQ community, I, I will say changes, right? And so a person that you may like meet, you're like, oh, this, this person must identify as trans because they don't identify X way. But we can't assume someone's identity. I think that's the biggest note. We can't assume identity. We can't assume pronouns. Um, you know, I have students who, if you saw them pass, like just walk down the street or walk on campus or you see them somewhere, you know, you would probably think, oh, they're a cisgender person. Um, but in reality, they may be trans and they may use um, different pronouns than you're used to, to saying. So I think for, you know, one thing that we, we do at AU, at American, um, you know, we tell people if you're unsure of someone's pronoun, go by their name or like, def like until you find out their pronouns or if you use it in the context and you end up using pronouns, use like they, them, theirs. I know a lot of times pronouns um, since that is like a pluralized pronoun um, and not just like he or she, it's very different but um, and sometimes difficult to use grammatically. But, you know, that's sort of what we tell people. You know, we can't assume pronouns, we can't assume identity, and that goes for any identity, even outside of the LGBTQ um, identity. I think, you know, for me, uh, you're lucky you didn't get asked with, you know, certain parts of uh, transition. Um, people that know me well enough know me that I'm incredibly open, and there were the two biggest questions that I got from a lot of people was, hey, oh, so do you like guys now? No. <laughs> no, because obviously sexual preference is completely unrelated to gender identity. And the other question, which is probably going to be more specific to the trans women of the world, so what are you going to do with... And like, I know what I'm gonna do or, or not do. My people that are closer to me, yeah, I, I tell them, whatever. But I'm like, no, I play, I would be very nice about it. I would play cool. It's like, well, you know, I'm gonna take time to think about it and blah, 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 complete line of BS. But people, yes, you know, if you look on the outside, is that an ignorant kind of question? Yes, but people don't know any better because this is completely new uh, to them. As for the do's and don'ts, um, I've never done the pronoun thing. Uh, I, I mean, people know, it's like, yeah, so I'm very female looking, um, you know, when I would be at the workplace or whatnot. So everybody always like assumes that, yeah, so, you know, she goes by she, her, hers, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I would say for the, you know, because we're all different in the trans spectrum, uh, as you hit on, you know, some of us are more willing to talk about certain things than, than others. Um, basically, uh, it's good to let the trans person give you the info 
and not really ask too many questions. Because uh, like we, we discussed, a lot of people don't like to give um, their birth name. I mean, I've already said my birth name multiple times here. To me, that's, that's part of me. I'm just a continuation um, of that. So I would think the dues would be, you know, just for people to, you're still a person. At the end of the day, you know, the way I was raised is that I don't judge anybody based on anything. So I don't care where you come from. I don't care about the color of your skin. I don't care about your religious preferences, your creed, your sexual preference. To me, I just don't care. To me, you're a human being. So nothing else to me matters. So I'm going to treat you as such. So that's that's what I would ask for for you know others. And that's basically what I've been able to find uh, in my my transition now, having lived you know full time as a woman for a year and a half. Um, you know that's that's what I find is that basically I'm a person. And you know that's just. I don't hinge on the whole, yes, like, yes, I'm transgender, but you know, I, I did it. I, I transitioned. It was great. It was cool. Bought a t shirt. I'm done. I moved, I'm, you know, <laughs> back to my life, you know. It, you know for me, I'm, I'm an engineer, so I have to do, I ever about engineering things and, and making, making submarines work or whatever vessel it is that I was supporting at the time. So those are the, I gotta do that. I gotta make sure I feed my cats and do all that kind of stuff and cook better. So those, for me, um, those are the important things um, in terms of doing is we are people, not unlike anybody mm -hmm. else. Agreed, and I would just say, yeah, it's a matter of respect. You know, if I can get respect as a, a, another human being to another human being, that's great. Yeah. I got a follow-up question. Uh, this is Christina, and I guess I'll address it to Joanna. You know, with the trans folks I've worked with, they've talked about being sort of forced into the role of educator and how that can be at times a blessing and at times a real burden. Um, and I was wondering just in terms of in the workplace, um, and Cameron, you can speak to this as well, if there were any efforts to sort of educate and maybe take some of the burden if you felt that, you know? I think, you know, really the best way to answer that question is I am, I would not call myself an, a, a campaigning advocate. I, I don't really am not meshed with the LGBT community here in Philly. Uh, I really don't know anybody that's trans. Um, I did a, a, a talk at Widener uh, last year and I, I met uh, a trans guy and you know, I talked to him a lot via email. Um, but the education is that wherever I go, no matter what time of day it is, people get to deal with me and hey, so I'm, I'm not like forcing the education, but hey, here I am, you know? And you know, you know, I, if I'm gonna be damned, I'm gonna be damned for who I really am, right? You know? So that's, that's the way I look at it for a terms of education. I like Cameron, I hope you could touch more on that because you're actually in that role. Yeah, um, for me, like obviously I, I do this work, <laughs> you know, I do LGBTQ work, so, I think for me, I'm, I'm very much seen as an educator. Um, I think whenever, you know, I'm more than happy to sort of share my like experience about coming out and obviously like going through um, like hormone replacement therapy and also just some things when I work with students, you know, especially with trans students who are either recently coming out or like just, you know, are in their process or in their transition. 
um, you know, I like that's how I relate, right? So I understand, like I know that coming out piece. I think the where I get sometimes frustrated is when I'm tokenized, when I'm seen as a one trans person. So like people are gonna ask me, um, and so I think, you know, when I do trainings and stuff like that, you know, I facilitate a lot of sometimes like our LGBTQ um, like safe space training, our trans one on one training. But whenever I'm like tokenized by just like that is completely off, like somebody reaches out to me about my experience as a trans person and I don't really know who they are, like maybe, you know, I'm like, that's when I'm sort of like, you know, this is probably something that you could probably find on the internet, you know, talking about somebody reached out to me actually like last week about, you know, they want to discuss or talk about, um, you know, their, their K through 12 teacher and they wanted to talk to their students. Their students wanted to know more about, like, obviously, like, you know, LGBTQ identities. And, like, they reached out to me and said, like, hey, would you, obviously, this is a personal question, but would you want to share your coming out story? And I probably would if I was, like, closer with this person. Um, but I, I think for me, it's like, there's also now, with, especially with the internet and with YouTube, there's so many people sharing their stories publicly. Um, and so, I think when I'm like, I felt very tokenized because I'm like, oh, I'm not one trans person that you know, so you're going to reach out to me instead of sort of seeing what else is out there. So I think um, that's when I sometimes have an issue with it. And even in that case, like, I, I wasn't overly upset, but also I think when we have to, we think about those practices, um, you know, I think if we have other resources to go to before going to that one person with that one identity that they hold um, to talk about that. Um, I think we need to sort of utilize our other resources if we have them available. And, and touching on that, you know, thinking about that, um, I, I haven't really been tapped to really to do that stuff. Um, obviously, I'm here because I've known Laura for five years. Um, but I think for people who would like ask me certain things that I went to high school with or whatnot, I think it's because they connect with me on a personal level that, and they know me and they know that I would give, you know, an answer to, and I would be able to speak on whatever. Um, I, I think it really, there's a lot of things you can't get on the internet, I certainly agree with that. But, you know, I think sometimes it's, it's people want to actually hear it from somebody who's actually in flesh and blood. Because in, in my community, you know, in the, the work that I do and the people that I know, I mean, it's just, I'm like the only trans person they probably have ever met. And and at the same time, I've had a lot of people tell me, it's like, oh, you're nothing like, you know, the people that they, they do see on the internet or on TV. And I'm like, thank you. And, you know, so to, to me, I, I think they're, anybody who's trying to get the information on, you know, say coming out, I personally think they should ask a lot of different people, gain, gain different perspectives. My mm -hmm. opinions are only, you know, but from one person, and, you know, I find that I'm a little kind of atypical when it comes to, when it comes to trans women. I, I just, you know, like I said, I, I, I transitioned, I did it, and, you know, I don't really do anything with the community, but I, I do strive to educate those who I, I, I know, and I've been able to do that as well as, you know, anybody I meet. Um, I certainly, in my, my new job, do not want to be the token trans person. And I was like, hey, I'm just the engineer. If they figure it out, hey, great. You know, I'm not going to be 
as open as I was in my last job where I told the guys I worked with, like, hey, by the way, just so you know, so there's no awkward whatchamacallit, you know, but this time, I think when I start, I'm not going to, to do that. So I'm going to say, no, I'm just going to be vague. They put two and two together, fine, whatever. Then they want to ask me questions, also cold, you know. Yeah, I think, Joanna, you, you touched on a, a great point about how there's so many different narratives of trans people, and only there's only so many that are actually heard by the general public. Um, so, yeah, being able to have multiple point of views. And so a friend of mine who is actually um, a gender therapist in Austin, Texas, is doing a podcast around trans identity, so interviewing multiple different trans and non-binary people to talk about their whether it's their coming out, their, you know, sort of their experience navigating this world as a trans person. Um, because I think there's so many different, like, you know, for example, a lot of people, their first thought interaction or like view of a trans person was Caitlyn Jenner. So that experience is very, very different than most of us. Definitely. She was easy to make coming out, I can tell you that, but other than that, I... Not gonna say anything. But the one thing I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The one thing I was going to add to that, though, is, you know, and, and one of the things with, with trans is, you know, we are, we're who we are, and I think people, people forget that in the spectrum of gender, with, say, cisgender people, girls and guys come in all forms, and people that are in between. You know, I, I tell people, I actually like being a guy, and I actually miss being a guy, and my personality, well, I'm still kind of guyish, I mean... I do all the things that guys do, watch football, drink beer, play sports, and things that, uh, you know, I think I'm a stereotypical alpha male, but yet, for whatever reason, you know, I got the luck of the draw, and then I'm a girl. But I still continue to do the things that I, I want to do, things that make me happy, because that's who I am. Because those things that, you know, when I was a child, I didn't want to play with dolls. I wanted to play with Hot Wheels and slot racing cars with my brother. And I enjoyed it. I did road bikes. I did all that kind of stuff. Played sports. That's who I was. I joke with my brother to this day. I was like, I'm still more of a man than you, Will. You know, and he gives me that look like, stop it. I'm like, it's true, man. You need to say, stop it. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'll leave you alone. He's, he's very, very, uh, he's, a, he's the emotional type, whereas I'm still a machine. <laughs> so we have about five minutes left. So I had one quick question, and then we wanted to open it up to our here. But throughout our conversation, you both mentioned a little bit about the allies that you worked with, um, those who were in your office um, that helped you either develop the email or kind of figure out the HR process. Were those individuals who had to search, or did they kind of fall into your lap? Because I know it's different for each individual, so I'd like for those listening to be able to understand, was it just luck, or did you have to really reach out? So if you could quickly respond to that. Well, real quick, yeah. for me, real quick, um, at most universities, I'm pretty sure it's, AU is going to be similar, and, and here at Philly o, you have offices that say safe spaces. It just so happened that Laura here had one on her door, and I, you know, I've always talked to Laura about career stuff, and I always had rapport with her. So, one day, I came in to Laura, and I started asking questions, like, um, and I was kind of meek about it, like, um, uh, you know, blah, 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 totally out of my character. Um, so really that was, I asked her a lot of questions, like well, how would this go down? That was really the beginning of the of it for me. And then, you know, obviously after I started working with Pat, but, but. Yeah. 
Oops, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, for me, it was my supervisor. Um, I was really thankful for um, my supervisor identified as queer, and so I knew sort of like, okay, this also going back to the sort of safe space placard that was in the office, I just had a relationship with my supervisor where I felt comfortable to tell her. Um, and um, so I, I would say if that's not seen on somebody's, in somebody's workplace, um, I would, you know, look into whether it was, if you're in a city or a town, if there's any, any type of LGBT office, um, even if that's on a college campus and you're not currently a student, I would reach out. I get inquiries from people in the community quite often. Um, so I think it's, if there is not somebody in your current workplace that you may feel comfortable telling, I would try to seek out those, even if it's not at your workplace, just to sort of go through the motions about, hey, how do I start this process? Great, so I know we have a few, a few minutes left. Does anyone in the general audience have any questions? I'd just like to make one comment, which I think, Joe, Joanna, what you said, is you don't represent anyone but you. You know, you're no different from anybody else. Like, you're not the transgender person. You're Joanna and Tamara. And I think that's the thing I'm taking away from today. Like, you don't speak for the transgender community, as I don't speak for the male community. I speak for me, you speak for you, Tamara, you speak for yourself. So I, I really enjoyed what you said because that was a, a very uh, enlightening. So thank you for that. Um, with that, does anyone have any final uh, remarks? Um, so since this is offering for our undergraduate students looking to go into a professional field, do you have any specific uh, words of wisdom or advice to undergraduate students who might be entering into the workforce that are in the process of transition or thinking about transitioning? Confidence. Absolutely confident. Be confident in who you are. You've got to be confident regardless if you're transgender, cisgender, or whatever. When you go into the workplace, you know you gotta look sharp, you gotta you have to dress appropriately for interviews. You have to be confident. I know sometimes that we see in the trans community that a lot of the our fellow trans types are somewhat not confident because they're worried about their appearance. Truth be told, I may be a completely fearless person that is completely unflappable. My first interview as a girl, oh my goodness, I was a little bit nervous. Once I got going, okay, I was good, but I was nervous. I can admit that. Yeah, um, confidence is awesome. I would say, yeah, just be yourself. Um, be yourself, and um, and obviously there's so many resources out there, so if you may not feel comfortable, there are other people who are supporting you from afar that you may not even know, but um, um, find a support system if you're able to. Um, so they can be there with you along the way. But um, in the end, don't let anybody get in your way from just being who you are. Um, thank you, everyone. Um, see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron, Joanna, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh -huh, thank you.